welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. Today, my guest is my colleague, Jean Jones, Global Support Operations Leader with Indeed. Jean is a longtime CX operations professional, having worked for Fortune 500 companies such as Ameritech, Sprint, and ConAgra Foods. She has a Master of Arts in Liberal Studies from North Central College in Naperville, Illinois. Jean served on the board of directors of the Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals and is currently leading, as I mentioned, global support operations with Indeed. So hi, Jean, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So I've known you for a while and you've been at this Um, for quite a bit even before then, working for the different companies that I mentioned over the past couple of decades. So actually, this is a two-parter question. Um, what, What drew you to the world of CX? And I guess the second question would be, what have you done over the years to evolve as a professional and as a person? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great question. I, I actually started out in CX by default, working in contact centers through my uh, college. And while I was going to college full time, I was actually working in contact centers full time. And I, I really have now spent decades um, pretty much exclusively in either customer experience or operations. There was only a really short stint at one point um, where I left being customer interfacing. And I would say it was the time in my career where I was least passionate about what I was doing. So um, I I think CX is something that I'm just passionate about because there are two things that I love, and that's problem solving. And I love being an advocate for customers and consumers. Um, you know, when you think about problem solving, Denise, it's like so central to customer experience. It, our world and customer experience is always changing. So there's always some type of a unique challenge that's going to be presenting itself. And when you have an opportunity every day to come in and your job revolves around thinking about what's next and how can you solve the problem for the consumer or customer that they didn't even know they had? I love that. <laughs> I am so happy <laughs> about that. And then um, also being the advocate for the consumer. I've kind of always been someone who's roots for the underdog. And <laughs> not to say that customers and consumers are always going to be an underdog, but gosh, when you're listening and you're hearing from them and you can empathize with their experiences and you need to be able to tell that story um, to the individuals and teammates that you have who are able to make the change to help them. I think that advocacy role is just so important. And, and I would say that that's really um, the problem solving and advocacy 
are really the two things that have kept me um, wanting to keep my career in a customer interfacing role. Right. You're in the perfect place then. If there are the things that you enjoy and that you're good at, uh, absolutely. Um, and there's something about CX that kind of like grabs you and pulls you in. So, you know, thinking back and on all your experiences um, working in the CX space, as we're talking about, what, what stands out for you, Jean? Um, there, there's, like I mentioned, I've been at this a little while <laughs> and, um, <laughs> haven't we all, haven't we all? <laughs> it's, I was reflecting, um, you know, knowing we were going to be connecting today, I was taking a little bit of time to reflect on the evolution of CX and I've been in it for decades, but I thought about just over the last 10 years, we have seen, I'm my, I have twin girls who are 11 years old. And I remember um, right while I, during the time I was pregnant with them, at being at work and getting ready to start up the social media program and starting to learn about how important it was to monitor social media contacts, that it was equally important to monitor social as it was to monitor the consumers who are reaching out to you through your other channels. I got to thinking about chat and the explosion of chat and uh, artificial intelligence and bots and and how we're leveraging all of these. But thinking of how everything has evolved also made me think about all of the things that have stayed the same, right? We There are just some mm-hmm. fundamental core elements of customer experience that have stood the test of time. And I would say, really, if if I think about the top three, what comes to mind for me is in CX, the need to constantly be innovative, um, the need to have a laser focus on the quality of your operations and how they go hand in hand with the customer experience, and then um, risk mitigation and, and making risk mitigation an important element and part of your overall support and service strategy. Um, But innovation really is the one that stands out to me because um, you are, you need to be thinking about what is it these consumers or your customers need that they haven't even thought about yet. How can you support them in a new and differentiated way that's going to give them, you know, just a wow experience. And how are you going to do it in a way that they feel it's authentic? Because the more we've moved into artificial intelligence and some of the uh, channels where it's kind of uh, half automation and then maybe go to someone live, consumers want to know that the company that they're working with is authentic and that they care, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to innovation, if you're spending time innovating and they're seeing that commitment and that dedication in your, while they're experiencing your service channels, it really helps leave them with the thought that, yes, this company is investing in me. Uh, So that, I think that's especially why innovation is important. And when it comes to quality, it's just, um, Quality to me is just one of those things that it's non-negotiable. Um, they 
your, your programs have to be structured in a way that you have comprehensive quality at all of the different touch points, quality in your CRM systems, quality in your conversations, um, quality in the products and quality in your integrations, uh, with your team members who help, Mm -hmm. Uh, drive the changes and innovation in the products that end up resulting in ultimately what those consumers are going to experience um, so that those, those partnerships are so important. Um, and then um, the risk mitigation is something that I, I think also, again, fundamental to what we do because you have an opportunity through your CX system to enable cost avoidance. I, I think that's where some companies fall short because they want to look at return on investment. And in most cases, these contact centers are going to be a cost center, not a profit center. And they're looking at ways mm-hmm. to cut versus really understanding if you make some investments in innovation and quality, that it can be risk mitigated, that can assist with risk mitigation and truly cost avoidance. No, I'm not going to argue with you for those three (laughs) priorities, innovation, quality, and risk mitigation through data. And you know, I like the details here on the My Curious Colleague podcast. So let's, let's break those three down or let's break maybe one or two of them down. And that innovation, I think you had said was the most important. So it is true for some people that when you say innovation, you don't normally think, oh, well, that absolutely sits in with the consumer affairs team, you know, um, and a lot of the times there's companies um, that have that reside in a completely different department. Maybe it's part of a larger functional org, but it's, it's separate. So just wondering um, your thoughts on where innovation really belongs. Yeah, and it, it and innovation does absolutely reside in the innovation team, right? But yeah. I think companies that are really customer centric also yeah. recognize that innovation uh, needs to be everyone's <laughs> responsibility. And I would say I was really, really fortunate to have spent a decade with a food company where instead of rolling up through a marketing um, functional area, we rolled up the consumer affairs was aligned with research, quality, and innovation. And all of our employees, including our agents who were on the phones, uh, taking phone calls or responding to emails or responding to social contacts, all of us, had goals uh, in our our individual goals set around innovation. And it challenged each other to say, how can we innovate for our customers? What is it that they need uh, from us that can help them have a heightened experience? Or for someone like myself, who was a department head, um, for me, it became about how, how can we get to the most... Um, important level of insights on our customers so that we can learn so much about them that we can prevent things and we can start making recommendations that are um, truly insightful uh, for our uh, cross-functional team members who are on the bench creating 
products or who are marketing and are uh, considering um, how do we communicate to parents or children and um, some of those different unique considerations. How, how can we in consumer affairs or in customer support play a role in that? And I think just I, I'd like to share just one example of in my career where innovation was um, came okay. out of thinking about the the putting the customer first and saying how do we really make sure that we understand um, their experience and are able to compare it with how they're experiencing products at other companies. Um, the CPG world at the time really lacked an ability to share data um, in a way that you, when consumer contacts would come in, you would know the response rate of contacts that were coming in for your company and for your products, but you didn't have a way to benchmark it externally. So this is something that I became really invested in with my network at the Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals and actually um, submitted a patent um, for leveraging data in a way, partnering through a third party to leverage each other's data and share each other's data in a way where it could be masked, but that it could be normalized and give give each other as competitive companies insights in terms of what to expect for consumer complaints. So it's, it's, a, it's an example of how, you know, you take a problem that you have and you're trying to solve it, not just for the customer, but for all of us in the industry so that we can become better together because we're not just thinking about the success of the product, we're thinking about overall quality and safety of, yeah. for the customers and consumers as well. Where have you found that relationships really is that, that differentiator um, for those consumers you're serving? This is, gosh, um, I, I couldn't emphasize enough the importance of cross-functional relationships when it comes to taking care of consumers. If you really want your consumers to have a great experience, you have to be listening and you have to be taking the engagements with them and translating that into insights and telling the story to the rest of the organization. And if you don't have strong relationships built with the other business stakeholders right. and they're not willing to listen to the stories you're telling, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to make that forward progress um, and that you're not going to be able to truly advocate for your customers the way that uh, we're accountable for doing in our CX roles. Yeah. And I think about, you know, going back to my, because I spent over a decade in food, um, going back to those years, the importance of the relationship, for example, like with our microbiology lab, mm -hmm. we, we, you're talking about food, you're talking about people's safety. Um, food mm -hmm. is risky. You can, it, you know, someone can have an anaphylactic, anaphylaxis uh, reaction. You can... Um, someone could cut their finger or uh, burn themselves if they're not preparing the product according to the directions. 
it, you know, there's just a lot of risks there. And when I think about uh, my time in food, those relationships, for example, with the, I mentioned the microbiology lab, mm-hmm. if a consumer were sending a, in a sample of uh, something that they said was in their food, we would need to investigate really closely with our microbiology lab to understand what is this and make sure that it's safe and be able to respond quickly if for some reason there was something that in any way, shape, or form may have been um, presenting a risk. So that relationship for that reason is so important, but also because, you know, there's a lot of fraud that goes on. You need to be able to, if the consumer is um, sending in something that was not uh, processed with the product, you need to be able to have um, evidence of that and and have your uh, cross-functional teammates be able to advise you on what they're seeing and what the consumer is experiencing so that we can respond appropriately and we don't create risk for the company. Um, so the need to be very thorough is so important. And then I think about like our, um, security professionals with all of the fraud we had, uh, we had situations in the past where we were brought into, um, investigations, federal investigations and, and tapped to, uh, partner and that these, it's important because, um, fraud impacts all customers and consumers, um, with fraud comes fraud prevention, which is an expense. And if, if we want to be uh, fiscally responsible and doing the right things for our consumers every day, uh, we need to have good preventative measures in place. And we need to have strong partnerships um, with the individuals across the organization who can help support us in preventing fraud. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And of course, we're not saying that every consumer is alleging something that's fraud, but you <laughs> need to be at the ready. That's what's so interesting about CX. You need to, especially in food and beverage, you need to be at the ready for all these various scenarios and and know the people that you're working with and who to go to. And, and again, back to those relationships. But let's go back to one of the other of the three priorities that you had mentioned, we said innovation. Um, let's talk risk mitigation through data a little bit. Tell me more about that and your perspective on that. Just jumping in here, my curious colleagues, to let you know that this is a two-part episode and you'll hear more from our colleague, Jean Jones, on risk mitigation through data and a whole lot more in part two of Gene Jones's episode with us. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneri. Thank you for your time.